Welcome to the Let's Drive Together podcast, where we will be interviewing some of the most amazing entrepreneurs and lifestyle coaches from Australia and all around the world. Welcome to this week's episode. I have a special guest here with me today, James Henderson from Hospitalpreneur uh, Podcast. James, thank you for being on the show. Really appreciate um, taking this um, chance to talk to you. Anytime. Thank you very much for having me on, Fabod. Yeah, great to have you. Um, so why don't you start off with like telling us a little bit about what you do and what's that burning desire that gets you out of bed every single morning? 100%. So ultimately, I, I do like to start with why uh, first. So I'll answer that, that question. You know, yep. what's, what's the burning desire that's getting you out of bed every, every morning? For me, it sounds macro, wide scale, very abstract, um, but it needs to be. And my philosophy that really drives me and, and my company is elevating universal consciousness. And I say that very broadly and, and abstractly, deliberately. Yep. What that actually means to me is increasing the level of knowledge and understanding of the system of our operation. So, and increasing that, attempting to increase that. So yep. synthesizing ideas, communicating more effectively, learning, growing, building things. That is fundamentally what drives me every day. And yep. that's what really gets me out of bed. So mm. in terms of what, what I do, and I mean, you might want to address that. Um, you know, we can talk about that for sure. Um, yep. In terms of how we actually execute that or how I do that day to day is through a couple of different businesses. Uh, but the main one that I focus on is a podcast network called yep. H media. And so it's a production house, uh, podcast production house and network. And we have a few different programs across the hospitality supply chain. And that started with the first show, uh, which you mentioned at the start there, the hospopreneurs podcast. Yeah. So that's where I started things and everything's grown from there. We've got a few other shows related to that now. Oh yeah, that's great. So could you tell us a little bit about more about the branding? Uh, why did you start like Hospitalpreneur Podcast? And if you can break, break that down, like why you picked that name, that'd be great too. If you give insight on that. Yep. Yeah, for sure. So uh, I'll, come, I'll come back to the name in a minute. I started Hospitalpreneurs to ultimately learn from, learn from people in the industry, successful people in the industry who were doing things obviously well, if they were successful, they're doing something well. And I wanted to know what that was in various side, you know, um, parts of the industry. So yeah. I, I started interviewing, I, I just wanted to, to learn. So mm -hmm. it was, it was more of a, um, a learning tool for me initially. Uh, and then being able to share that was quite powerful and that became more and more valuable as things have grown. So, um, I wanted to learn from bartenders and people who I was working near cause I was a bartender at the time. Uh, but I was finishing my university studies in finance and macroeconomics and yep. didn't end up going down that road. So interviewed, um, some really interesting people who were around me and who, you know, were my boss's bosses. Um, and it started really spreading out from there. Yeah. Um, where I, I started getting in contact with people that I didn't know. And from there, it, it really started snowballing um, with bigger and better guests that I'd, I'd, I'd never heard of. Um, PR companies, eventually, this is, I'm fast forwarding a long period of time here now, like 18 months, two years into starting the show, yeah. uh, where PR companies started mm -hmm. pitching us and um, it became a very different operation. 
Yeah. How did you come up with the name? I guess it's like hospitality and entrepreneurship. I think there is like a two different elements that you put in terms of the naming of the brand. Is that correct? hundred percent. Yep, exactly. So it started from, so when I say hospitality, I actually define it as hospi- the hospitality supply chain. So everything from agriculture to entertainment. And so, uh, you know, I've interviewed insect farmers through to musicians. There's, there's anyone who's related to the hospitality experience, then yep. they're covered under what we call hospitality or the hospitality supply chain. Uh, I called it hospitalpreneurs because it's hospitality and entrepreneurship. So just as you described there, it's yep. hospitality business or the business of hospitality is what we uh, explore on the program. Yep. And I think in terms of like branding, it's really important to pick like a really short name, but straight to the point. And when people like listen to like hospitalpreneur, they can immediately tell, oh, it's okay. It's about hospitality. It's about entrepreneurship. You know, it has to be very simple in terms of branding. I guess that's really well done in terms of that. Yep. Cheers. I mean, I mean, I, it, it has its complications too. And I don't want, uh, you know, I don't want listeners to, to think it doesn't because obviously picking a, you know, inventing a name. Um, and even though that I, you know, that anyone who searches hospitalpreneurs is going to see me, yeah. um, it, it also means that inventing a name, you know, you've got to make people search for that name. So that's, you know, that brings its own, um, array of, of challenges as well. You know, when you've Mm -hmm. got no traffic to that particular word, you've got to create traffic to that or divert traffic to that particular word or add it in, slip it in where other people were before. So um, even though I own that name, you know, it doesn't mean that it's, um, you know, everyone's going to start going there. So Mm -hmm. that's, that's something to consider as well. You know, when you're starting out something and you want to pick a unique name. Yeah, true, true. And um, so do you think like in terms of search engine, people like go on like Spotify and then type hospitality on uh, entrepreneurship podcast. Is that like helpful for people to find you reckon? Oh, just search HOSPO, H-O-S-P-O and it'll come up on Spotify. It should come up. Hospopreneurs is the first one. Yeah. True, true. And if it it doesn't, if it doesn't, um, yeah, hospitality should, should show it. Um, but generally speaking, you start typing HOSPO, it'll come up as the first one. Hmm. Great. Great. And since you mentioned earlier, like you run multiple different businesses, could you tell us a little bit more about that? And, um, yeah, I'd like to hear more. Yeah, for sure. So the, I don't want to put too many names out, out there. I've already said hospitalpreneurs and, and H media, the way this links in together is I, I, uh, to, to summarize this journey is that we have two sides of the business now. So there's H media, which is the podcast network and production house. Yep. And then the other side is the music side of the business called CBD entertainment. Right now it's non-existent right now. There are no, we lost all our clients when, um, when the, the market collapsed and there were no events and, and things yeah, started true. drying up and disappearing. Cause all of our clients who were touring, uh, and we, our, our largest client was about to, uh, to the US and Canada, we're planning for that in July and obviously July, August, and obviously that couldn't happen anymore. So um, that all disappeared. So right now, CBD Entertainment is sitting there doing absolutely nothing. Um, it just owns an event right mm-hmm. now. That's is the last thing it's left with an event called the City Bush Doof, and that was a viral music event in 2017. That's its own story. Some episodes, like some podcasts, I just I do just about the city Bushdorf. Um, it's a, it was a Facebook event that went viral and 
exploded. It, it reached 240,000 people oh, and we ended up hosting a small music festival. So that was, that was that event. And so CBD entertainment owns the city bush doof. Mm-hmm. So that's the music side. H media is the media side. And that's underneath both of those are underneath the company called Jim sesh, J I M S E S H. Uh, yeah. Proprietary limited. And that's just the name that I use on my Instagram. It's, it's just what I called the company. Um, but the website's jimsesh.com. Okay, great. So pretty much like you started all these brands and um, you're the main person, right? In terms of like running it. I mean, I have a team as well. So uh, Jake, Steph, uh, Angus was my first editor. Um, we've got Sarah, who's a host on the on the network. There are, there are a lot of people who are involved in some way, shape or form. I mean, Angus does our voiceovers. Like there's Shim does our voiceovers. Yeah, there's, there are so many people um, to mention. Um, but mm-hmm. I guess like, yeah, there are a lot of people involved, um, but I'm the, the sole director of the company. Yep. And could you tell us a little bit about like, since you're like running it and uh, some advice for people who are like listening, like how can they like look at the bigger vision when they're like starting a brand? Like um, if you can like tell us a little bit about your experience, what was your learning curve in terms of that? Yeah, for sure. Uh, my journey really started, I would say, in my second year of uni. So uh, I mentioned before, studying finance and, and macroeconomics. I met this guy who uh, founded a, it was a, now this was long before this health, the health craze really kicked in. Um, this is like so, so long ago, he started um, selling protein balls and these protein yep. balls started getting a bit of traction. He's like, Hey, uh, just this entrepreneurial guy who I met when I was studying for an exam at uni. He was a friend of a friend. I started working with him doing, doing his accounting, like yep. inverted commas. It was very, very casual. Um, there was no real structure to it. And that's, uh, I guess, I guess a testament to the way, to the way he sort mm-hmm. of, thinks anyway but he's been very successful um in his own right since being able to create a powerful team around him of people who can do what he can't and he's incredible um thinking creatively but my point there was i started working with him that kind of got me interested in this space at the end of the year i worked with a couple of mates so that that ended up um, disappearing started working with a couple of mates that that summer building another business and then from there i i'd, I'd already uh wet my palate and i was interested in exploring this world of, of business and how yeah. you can start something from nothing, you know, not mm-hmm. it exists as this idea in your head and then you can literally manifest it in the world. Yep. That is, yep. that is the, that's yeah. the craziest thing, right? Yeah. Um, that's what I really like about marketing because like you just start a brand and then you have this vision and then you turn it into reality. It's, it's really amazing. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. So uh, I, I even want to talk more about that, but to continue with the story, I started a, a tech company in my second year of uni, sorry, third, third year of uni. So at the yep. end of that second year, um, I started this tech company called Ambi. It evolved into the, into an, a business called Ambi. It was a rewards app for bars. So yep. by spending time in bars, you got points and you could spend those points on free drinks, meals, discounts, cool things. Uh, and on the back end, we provided that data for venues. So mm. um, that really started going well. We were privately funded, um, just a small, small um, seed capital uh, raise. It, I don't, you might not even call it a seed raise. It was pr- sort of pre-seed just to, to get an MVP um, under 100K anyway. It was quite small. And then we uh, we had 20 clients in Brisbane. We sponsored Valley Fiesta, um, which was a, it's a citywide festival. And, and 
or part of Brisbane Festival, which is the citywide festival. Um, we were there in the green room hanging out with artists and we were like, oh my God, this is really starting to roll. We're getting some traction. Like people know who we are. That's awesome. Yep. And then we did a launch party at a new venue and did a big update with the app and all of a sudden it stopped working. Mm. We were like, oh no. Do you know what <laughs> was the that- reason? <laughs> So the, the reason was a, it's a tech issue on the back end. We couldn't actually connect up two of the systems we wanted to connect. So yeah. after this big update, we, we weren't able to make the app work anymore, which is a, a, a real shame. Uh, obviously, two years of work, a lot of money, a lot of time, a lot of effort, but we'd also learned a lot of things. So I was lost, terribly lost uh, after that business failed. I went to Melbourne for a holiday for three and a half weeks. I went to 84 different venues yep. and uh, in the middle of winter, dead of winter. And this is the coldest that, that I'd been in at the time. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I was 20, how old was I? 20, uh, 24, I think, no, 20, uh, 23, I think. Yeah. And Melbourne weather is like, you know, it changes a lot. Yeah, that's true. Oh yeah. It, it, it fluctuates a lot, but I mean, I was 23 at the time and I was um, still young, still uh, I'm still young now, but still young. Um, I was finishing uni, a couple of years left of uni. I'm like, what am I going to do? This business failed. I spent all this money, but I've learned a lot. Do I want to, I kind of wanted to be a consultant. And anyway, I wanted to see if I wanted to stay in hospitality. So mm. I went on this holiday to Melbourne, came back with a notebook full of ideas of venues, products, businesses, all, all, all these different things. But I had one note that just said podcast. And I was like, okay, well, I feel like I need to start a podcast. Uh, so I started a podcast with my mate, did a little comedy show. I'm not going to tell people what that is. It was, it was, it was fun for us, but it wasn't, it wasn't much of a, uh, you know, okay. it certainly wouldn't, wouldn't hit the charts, you know, no one's, yeah. no one's really going to listen to that. We used to pretend that it was just our mums that listened to the show. <laughs> um, so it was good fun and we was really just documenting our friendship, but that really helped me learn about podcasting from yep. there. I then decided 12 months after that to start my own program um, just about, or it was actually 18 months after that uh, to just start my own program about my experiences, uh, my using my skills and experiences. Mm. So it wasn't about my experiences, but rather using my skill set, my experiences, my knowledge that I know no one else can do what, what I do with my show because I'm the only person who can do hospitalpreneurs. Like yeah. that, someone else could try to do it, but it's not going to be, it's not going to be the way that I do it. So, uh, that's, I came to that and I know that I need to, I needed to market myself differently, um, to yep. build my own career. And so that's what I did. I built hospitalpreneurs and now that's a popular program in the hospitality industry and hospitality defined broadly, as I said before, across the supply chain. So anyone in food, drink, manufacturing along that supply chain, um, mm-hmm. you know, from, from agriculture to entertainment, that's what we cover. So yep. I've, I've built my own brand in that, in that segment. Mm. And what sort of like, um, you know, when people like listen to your podcast, what sort of feedback did you got when you started? Like when I started, uh, when I started, I mean, back then no one was listening, you know, at the very beginning, hardly anyone listens to the show. Um, but yeah, the things, things really change over, over that time. Um, but at the very beginning, or when I say no one, I mean, you know, friends and family. Um, I think my mom listened to maybe two episodes. Yep. Um, and Ashley's listened to a few and even my dad's listened and he, he took, I think two and a half years for him to pick up the, the show. Um, but back then it was about, you know, I tried to listen to what people were saying, what feedback were we getting? What were they liking? What were they disliking? Um, and I would market it. It was just absolute direct marketing, just walking into bars being like, 
when people ask you what you do, you tell them you run a podcast. You're mm-hmm. like, that's how you answer the question because yep. that's the thing that you're, you're plugging at the moment. Like, that's the thing. You run a podcast. I run a podcast, I run a podcast. Like I have a podcast. What's cool. The whole preneurs. Like you've just got to be super gorilla with your marketing tactics at that stage because no one knows who you are, what you do. Yep. And I used that as an anchor. I call it an anchor. There's definitely marketing, marketing terminology for it. I'm not a, I'm not a marketer. That's not, I'm not a trained marketer anyway, but um, I've found myself doing a bit in that field. Um, but I use that as the, the term I call it is anchor. And so people have to identify you as one thing specifically so that they remember you. Yeah. Because true. the problem that problem I had was uh, being someone who's a very abstract thinker and again, bringing up that elevating universal consciousness, that makes total sense to me. Like, I'm just like, oh yeah, cool. I make like, oh sweet. I elevate universal consciousness. I'm okay sitting with that abstract idea, but a lot of people aren't. And that, that abstraction uh, and, and way of creative thinking um, created other problems for me where I didn't want people to identify me as one particular thing i didn't want people to be like oh you know james the the economist or james the yep. podcaster <laughs> yeah or james the bartender right back then yeah um i didn't want to be that so i wanted to be defined more broadly but people have trouble um doing that people have trouble sitting with that concept if you are defined too broadly so i had to really rein that in and go how do i want this specific person to be viewing me and so mm-hmm. I started just channeling my own, um, what, my own anchor, identity. that way of, yep, yep. right. Yeah. My own identity around podcasting. So, um, that's how I started building my brand, focusing in on that. And ultimately I still do the same things. I just called myself a podcaster, but really what I do is I ask questions. That's what mm-hmm. I do. I, I ask people questions as a podcaster, as a consultant, as uh, even I wouldn't call myself a philosopher, but yeah. um, to myself, you know, to think philosophically, that's what I do. I just ask, ask questions and I try mm-hmm. to make the questions that I ask deep and insightful um, to myself, to others. I try to get more out of an answer, you know, you need better questions to get better answers. And that's ultimately what I strive for. Yeah, definitely. And it comes out of like practicing and the thing with like the podcast, since you mentioned that it's basically since you're in a hospitality industry, you're bringing people on board who are like expert in like hospitality, bartending, and they share their experience. So it's pretty much like their stories as well, you know, which is really great and fascinating. Absolutely. Absolutely. And those, uh, the people that I bring on are from various, various parts of the industry. Um, you know, as I've clearly conveyed a couple of times about the whole supply chain, those people can have experiences across, you know, a very, very specific vertical within hospitality or broadly across the industry. So, you know, I, I try to convey to listeners, Mm-hmm. The importance in having in, in cross pollinating information from say, you know, you can learn things by listening, listening about brewing to be applied in coffee roasting there, there yeah. or as a barista, like a, a clear example um, that I sort of, or, or um, a clear example that I, that I saw earlier on, this would have been a couple of years ago now with my, or maybe yeah, a couple of years ago now with my earlier guests, um, I had had some baristas who were talking about 
water they're learning about that we're learning now it's a bit different now and obviously Mm -hmm. you know right now and the coronavirus is totally totally different um but the baristas were looking at water like how can we you know demineralize and mineralize the water how can we purify things how can we use the best water possible to get the most out of this bean Hmm. and then if you go and talk to someone in brewing or or you know or who's uh, you know at a winery or, or there are some or distilling right they know about water like these people know about water they've been yeah. doing that for so long um and there's so much that can be learned by listening to from listening to those people that can be applied in another area of the industry and so that was sort of something that that um really resonated early on that i've that made it really clear that what I was doing was the right thing to be able to educate people. And it's not through myself educating, it's about facilitating that education. And so the philosophy uh, that elevating universal consciousness is my own why, and it's the why of gym sesh, but the why of H media is more specific. So it's about elevating universal consciousness, uh, so consciousness by facilitating the expression and transaction of ideas through sound. So that's, that's ultimately what, that's about so yeah. um mm. through and it's through specifically h media is through programmatic audio dialogue so programmatic audio dialogue is how we do that facilitate like i just said a lot of different things that might have been lost there mm-hmm. um so that's no, it all makes mean, sense yeah yeah it makes sense that's that's good that's good because mm-hmm. yeah it's it's about elevating communication increasing the level and quality of conversations that we have and mm-hmm. being able to connect with people uh on on the level that they require so do like how how can you know if someone wants to understand something to be able to convey that to them in the way mm-hmm. that they need and in terms of like your target audience, would you say this, your podcast is mainly for like people working in a hospitality industry or people who are interested in working or like, how would you define your uh, perfect target audience for your listener? My, my, again, it's, it's, so I've mentioned there broadly across the hospitality supply chain, it's a business program. It's a, it's a business show to connect with people who want to learn, who, people who want to increase their, 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 you know, elevate their careers, increase their knowledge to even learn about life. In some cases, it can get abstract. It can get philosophical. We talk about macroeconomics. There's a lot in there. There's yep. so, so much in every episode that I, you know, it's hard to, to, um, yeah, to pin to that down. Yeah. Basically, if you want to learn, listen to hospitalpreneurs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's great. Uh, my next question, I, w- I guess it would be like, how has COVID-19 affected the hospitality industry? I know you're in Brisbane, but overall in Australia, how do you think it's affected uh, people in hospitality? And um, if you can tell us a little bit about that, yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, no problem. Um, well, very poorly is the answer to your question. Um, people have been, the hospitality industry has been shot, really. Uh, a lot of it's died and a lot of venues won't be returning. A mm. huge proportion of venues won't be returning after things fire back up with the coronavirus, we know, um, like post-coronavirus. And is that like cafes um, or restaurants or is there anything specific? Yeah, big time. Any Anyone who's, uh, the service industry has been killed in a lot of ways. I mean, the only way to survive has been through delivery, um, takeaway yep. and through, uh, just maintaining your, your audience online. Really? That's they're the only ways, but they're not making, you know, it's harder to make money obviously out of that. Um, 
medium if there was no revenue stream to do that prior to coronavirus. So a lot of brands have been building something out of that, whether it's an online store or, um, you know, again, they're with delivery takeaway, yeah, takeaway. Or other, yep. other ways they can maintain that or, or at least get some revenue from their, their resources. How can they use yeah. their resources effectively now? Because if, the, if you don't have like traffic. traffic, you know, if you don't have yep. enough traffic, then like, what's the point, you know, like you can't pay your, you know, coworkers. Yeah. It's crazy. Totally. Totally. Yeah. So exactly. I mean, and JobKeeper has helped a lot of people um, to maintain their, their positions. Um, but there are a lot more that, that haven't been able to um, have been helped. And, and, and that's, you know, and so they're on JobSeeker or attempting to be on JobSeeker, um, yep. which is their two government payments at, at, at this time anyway in Australia. Um, but uh, yeah, so there's, there's, it's, it's bad. Like it's dire in that, on that retail end. However, there are some winners in this too, you know, like distilleries, particularly you look at craft distilleries, craft Australian distilleries, a lot of them are making hand sanitizer and they are making yeah. so much from hand sanitizer. It is incredible. It's yeah, incredible. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Some, yeah. Like, I spoke, spoke with a distiller who has ramped up, 70 times their operations that they were making for booze they now make for hand sanitizer and they sell that at a much much higher markup mm. it's incredible yeah, yeah. No, and, and it's pretty much like expensive as well for a small sand sanitizer it's like five dollar you know it's, it's 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 a big business for them <laughs> Totally, totally. Their markup is huge. It's massive. You know, they, they market. It, oh yeah, it's wild. So, so yeah. anyone who was positioned for that is doing very well, very, mm. very well. Yeah, so, I agree. Um, there are winners out of this, um, but there are a lot of uh, losers in that as well. And that's how the economy yeah. works. Because you, know, you have to be economy. adaptable, I would say. Yeah, you have to be really adaptable with the situations. Absolutely. Always, yeah. and I mean, I'm I'm guessing, um, you know, with with your listeners, people who are wanting to a bit earlier on in that journey, then you know they're 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 going to be adaptable. They're going to be at that point where they can be nimble and and change things. And if something's going, you know, they're starting to build something and it's it's working, mm -hmm. great. If it's not working, they can pivot. And yep. pivot's the big word at the moment. You know, everyone's everyone's pivoting. Um, one of the big words, anyway. Um, so yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah you got to stay nimble, got to try to stay nimble regardless of the size of your company. And when you get to a, a large enough size and I've never owned a company of, of this size, but my, I, I would strive and, and will strive to have at least an, an arm of it that can dabble in some more progressive fields and, and operations. Like I want to have that sort of side of the business to be always doing that little bit of you know, can we, is this mm -hmm. opportunity available? Can we double over there? You've yeah. Just how can to, we do better? Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Calculated, calculated risk, but you've got to have a look at some different opportunities um, when you are large enough because you, you, you never know what the world's going to throw at you. There's these mm -hmm. black swans, right? And that's the, um, um, the, yeah. uh, the San Talib. Um, I think yeah. Nassim, Nassim Talib, I can't remember the gentleman's name who wrote that, um, the black swan, but, uh, an economic, well-regarded economic text anyway. Um, yeah. 100%. And pretty much COVID-19 is a great example for that. Yeah. So absolutely. one, uh, my next question, I guess it would be like, how can people help local restaurants or cafes or any hospitality business? So, um, do we like get takeaway? Do we share the post? Like what is the best thing that we can do to help support these local businesses? Yeah. 
I mean, both of those things, what, what, whatever you, I mean, I guess, whatever you really think might support that. I mean, think about it. Like if you, if you just like a post, it's not, it's not going to really support them. Yep. Um, it depends how much you want to support them. You know, if you, if you just want to like their post to, you know, help them, mm-hmm. help them perform on socials, then that's fine. Um, yep. maybe sharing, to, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Sharing will help a bit more than a like, but, um, if you really want to help them, then obviously buy, buy takeaway, buy delivery, yep. uh, buy, I would buy takeaway if you can obviously be you know conscious of social distancing, but, um, delivery platforms take a lot of their, um, their, their revenue. Um, unfortunately, but you know, if you're lazy and you want to stay at home, that's, that's cool too. <laughs> so, um, yep. you know, it's still supporting them. I, it, that's the, it's still an option and they're still going to make some money out of that sale. Um, mm-hmm. but there's, you know, do consider that as well. So take away if you can, and if you're yep. comfortable and if you're safe, um, great, then that's awesome. Do that. Otherwise, yeah, delivery. So like, I mean, that's the way to consume from these, or at least support these businesses that are service oriented. Uh, yep. and I definitely encourage people to support those businesses. They're, they're the ones who are doing it really tough. Yeah, because they're also like location dependent as well. So that's the thing with them as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So my last question is like, where can people find you? Uh, If you can tell us like your website and all of this brand that you listed so far, if you can give us the link so that people can find you easily. Yeah, 100%. The best place to find me is by looking up Jim Sesh, J-I-M-S-E-S-H. And so that's the company name. That's my name. Uh, on Instagram, on LinkedIn, it's James Henderson. Uh, you'll find me there. I've got all these listed there. If you want to find the H media website right now, we put everything under gym sesh. So at the time of uh, recording the moment with you, Farbod, it's, uh, it's all yeah. under gym sesh. Mm-hmm. But if you go to a Y C H H dot media, a Y C H dot media, mm-hmm. then that will take you to the H media website. So that'll show you all of our network programs that we that we um, display there. There are some other client shows as well that we haven't listed, but they are uh, our in-house shows anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fantastic. Thanks for being on the show, James. It's been a pleasure. Anytime. Thank you very much for having me on, Fabod. Yeah, no, no problem. Cheers. <laughs>